All right, wakey, wakey, hands off, snakey. It's Saturday morning, July the 15th, 2023. You know what time it is. It's time for you to get out of bed, no matter how hard the hammering, the pounding in your head is. Get Both up. of them. Get a gallon of water. Get aspirin. Get greasy bacon, greasy sausage. Just, fry just them up in a pan. Get your coffee ready to go and pop a few Advil along the way. And as you recover from your Friday night hangover, just keep in mind, we're here for you. That's what we do. We're almost like doctors. We play doctors on a podcast. <laughs> we stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> <laughs> He's a conquistador, Dave Ike. He's a maestro, Kevin Crane. Welcome back to the latest edition of Sports Frenzy. The weekend edition. And as always, we start with rock and roll. Yep. Save the album review. As I explained to Dave, I saved him the pleasure of listening to Dolly Parton and Rob Halford, as I did that for you last week. Thank you for taking one for the team. Now, again, it was my choice, my bad. Um, but now we are back with Aaron Jones' second album, Chronicles of the Kid. Ten songs, kind of short at 35 minutes. But uh, I was not disappointed with this one. So, I, I Straw Man was okay. Not bad. Decent little kickoff. I, I liked the lyrics. They were pretty solid. Yeah, you and I are going to have a lot of issues this week, aren't we? <laughs> Probably. We've already we've already talked about our movie review of the week, and yeah. it sounds like we're going to disagree on that. So there we go. Now I I thought now we reviewed Blood in the Water. Yep. And the title already. Yeah. And I like both of those. Yeah, I think Blood in the Water is probably my favorite song on the album. And I like Straw Man. I did. I did. So again, this seems to be again a pattern <laughs> that we are experiencing with a lot of albums this year, at least from my perspective, is that you get that one-two punch at the start, or the one-two-three punch in this case, with Straw Man, Blood in the Water, and the title. And then you get the ballady other side. This, this, tent, this is following the new pattern of the new rock bands, where instead of what would be a true ballad, it's going more poppy. Hip-hop poppy, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's doing it now, and I'm not a fan of the pattern. And I don't think the song is well not, written. No. Okay, I can't take it with me to the other side. Duh! Yeah, we think. know that. That's been said for generations upon generations. Come up with something for new. eons. So it's kind of a meh. My America is okay. Living color light is yes. what this is. yes. This is, it didn't he does not like, have the chops to pull this kind of song off like a Living Color would. Right. Living Color would add more fire, more intensity. Yeah. They it, would rope you in with better lyrics. Yeah. It, it had the potential, but it Again. just kind of, it just, just missed. See, my problem with the this album is the songwriting uh, and, and to a certain extent his vocals. My America like other side a perfect example of weak songwriting some of these lyrics we hate we lie i cry for my america okay 
And then, of course, he's got to throw in the can't breathe line. Gee, I wonder what he's referring to. Oh, yeah. You Again, know, you're going to have A band like stuff. Living Color would be much more creative, much more forceful in what they were writing about. Yeah. They would find a better, the way more creative they made way to do statement. it. Yeah. Yes. So, Living for the Fall, eh, it's another eh. Guitar is good on it. The guitar... The guitar is fantastic throughout. I will give Aaron Jones credit. I, I he is agree. a phenomenal guitarist. Agree. agree completely. So, and then Filthy, we've reviewed that one before. Mm. It's okay. Get High is probably my least favorite song. Yes, and I'm going to sound I'm like sorry. A, a dodgy... How many motherfuckers do you have to have? Thank you. Thank you. I was just going to say. Get high like a motherfucker. Whatever like a mother. No, just stop. We did not need Again, it. lazy songwriting. Exactly. I am glad you said that because I was like, am I really becoming my father? Yeah, no. If if you would have. I'm all good with cursing. Yeah. And but... my thing is too much motherfucker and weak lyrics on this song. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. This is the worst song on the album. I agree. Agree completely. The sky is crying. I kind of like this one. Mm, I think by this time I'm just you're tuning checking out. out. I'm tuning out on the yeah. album. And then finishing off. I with... almost thought it was a cover song. I thought it was going to be, you know, oh. the old "Sky Is Crying." Yeah, that we've heard Stevie Ray Vaughan do. Yeah, no, that's their own. And then on two feet I stand to close it out was okay. See, I I honestly did not like any song after the first three. Now, did I hate them with the exception of Get High? No. But again, you pointed out everything perfectly, that my criticisms with that song. I yeah, think that song is offensively stupid. Yeah, it's, it's just bad on every level. That should have been a throwaway. I remember years and years ago, and I think I told you this, Rolling Stone ripped one song on Slave to the Grind to shreds. That was their featured review back in the early 90s was Slave to the Grind. And they loved the album. Believe it or not, they loved the album except for Get the Fuck Out. They thought it was misogynistic and juvenile. And they admitted in the review they knocked a star, one star completely off for the album song. for one song. Ridiculous. And that's but now now, but now that's almost I how I feel about this is that I almost <clears> want to <throat> knock one frenzy off of this for that stupid song get high. There is no need. I'm sorry. No, yes, I sound like your grandfather. There is no need, like you said, this is a motherfucker. That's a motherfucker. This is a motherfucker. You it's know, lazy if, if, if song they took writing. A, if they took three quarters of those out and actually put more effort into some of the lyrics. It could have been a decent song. I could say that about half the album. Well, yeah. Because again, Lazy none of the none writing. of the songs are terrible. But after the first three, none of them are good either. Yeah, they in my do, opinion, they just don't stand out. So what are you giving it? So two and a half. I wanted to go more, but because it's only thirty-five minutes, because of the songwriting. Some of it just being so weak. 
Yeah, I, I, I can go only two go and a two. Half. I go week two. So week two. Yeah, I'm going two and a half. Because I, I think I like feel. more of it than you did, but I know where you're coming from on it. Yeah, and this is kind of the same feel I got from the first album too. He's all over the map. He, he's you know, still... you can tell with the guitar work, he's phenomenal. I know there's potential there. I know there's potential he, there. He's got to get he's two the albums right in producer. Now. He's got to get somebody to push him. Yeah, he, he push needs him to a be better, better producer. And at times he is vocally take... weak. Yeah, there are points. Yeah. All right, let's start diving into this. Let's play catch up first. Let's play catch up. So let's go with Mammoth first. Take a bow. It's better than like a pastime but it's still not as good as another the, celebration another celebration or anything off the first or album or anything else it, it and that's what this is starting to worry me yeah this this is a weak effort another weak effort from him except for the guitar the solo. guitar solo was phenomenal i will give that props as he plays that with the original frankenstein yeah through the original amplifier yeah no the guitar solo dad. was phenomenal that was the highlight of this song it's spooky how it sounds like eddie yeah so yeah. he definitely you can tell he picked up a lot from his dad coming through on that solo but the song overall was just another mediocre effort I agree. I agree. So I, I don't know if I... They, they've got a lot to make up for for this second album for it to be yeah, decent. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think last week I gave it a week three is what I gave it. I, I believe. went a strong two and a half. The guitar solo is the, the only thing that really saved it. The guitar solo was the salvation. It. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, and, of course, we had The Hives. The second song, the second single from their upcoming album, The Death of Randy Fitzsimmons, Countdown Count to, to Shutdown. Shut this was another bio, 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 fun bio. little one. Oh, the bass line is killer on this. So I like the first one better, but still this one is a solid three. This is better. This is better. I like, this I like the other one better, but the... That's fine. But it's the hives. But it's the hives. You're going to go awesome. back and forth. It's still yep. fantastic. Yep. So now one one of one of those acts from the 80s that guys were not allowed to admit to liking. Rick Springfield. Kind of one of our guilty pleasure Duran singers. Duran Duran is there. Right. Come on, Rick Springfield put out some great stuff. I still listen to his greatest hits probably once a year, yeah. at least. Easy. Yep. You He comes on the radio, you crank it. Yeah. New album coming out, first two songs. Automatic. What the hell was this? And this is the one I saved for us. I reviewed the other one last week. This Automatic I saved. This is the title track. From the upcoming new album. What? This is like borderline this is, rap. This is uh, the most basic. It almost sounds like they're they recorded 
dinking around with trying to figure out the lyrics and some semblance well, both of... songs both songs he sounds like he's trying too hard it sounds like rap music to me in that he's just trying to rhyme everything and anything he possibly can in the coolest way possible it doesn't matter if there's any kind of a narrative thread to the song yeah this this automatic was just not good I, I like the lyrics and kind of some of what he was trying to do. Right, with it. I get you there. Yeah, I'm with you. It on was that. almost like he was trying to rock out a version of "We Didn't Start the Fire," but again, it's but not it failed cohesive. miserably. Right. Yeah, the lyrics aren't that cohesive. No. And it, I kind of like the little acoustic breaks that were in there once in a while. Yeah, changing the tempo, but it just. It didn't work. The problem with both songs, of course, the other song we're talking about is She, she Walks, Walks with, with the, the Angels. Angels, is that they're both overdone, overbaked, overproduced. Again, he's yeah. trying to just I don't even know if Automatic was and every... I don't even think Automatic was produced. <laughs> to me, it just felt like a baseline. They just did it and chucked it. It just doesn't sound like him, either no. one, really. No. I guess... I'll flip this review on its head. Now, I already reviewed She Walks with the Angels last week. That probably sounds a little bit little bit closer to his older stuff. Yeah, but it's even more poppier than his older stuff. But because of the fact that Automatic was a little bit harder, a little bit edgier, a little bit messier, seemed like, <sighs> to me, it was a little bit better. But I'm not saying I liked either one of them. No, I, I'm thing. putting them both at around the two category. Oh, I can't even go that high. I can't even go that high. I think I think they're both one and a half. I, I was mean, trying. To I don't know generous. what he's trying to do yeah. with these songs. It's... I have no clue what he's trying to do. This is not Rick Springfield. No, I, I don't. And you mentioned is he going through? A post-midlife crisis? He's trying to be hip and cool. He needs to stick with who he is. Yeah, and I read a review that said he was going back to uh, some of his older... I'm like, this does this not sound like not any of your like older, his stuff. older stuff. Not even Don't even close. try to take that cop-out excuse. No. None of this sounds like this is overproduced, overbaked, ridiculous, pop, hip-hop, rap, weird shit. Just... Do your thing. Be who you are. And again, we've talked about that in the past with other bands. Stay with what worked for you. Yeah. The minute you stray, you know, you're going to start losing fans like us. She walks with the angels. If he would have done it, it's his typical, what you would expect. It could have been really damn good. But they effed it up. They popped it out, yeah. and no, I agree completely. And again, and automatic reason... just shouldn't have been done well, because there's no again, cohesion. I love, uh, you know, I love horror movies. I love messes, so that's why I think I liked automatic just a slight <laughs> tad bit more. But again, neither one is worth a recommendation. No, neither so, one. I we don't have high hopes for this but, album. Oh my! And there's 20 songs on this album. Well, maybe we'll something. get 10 that are halfway decent. 
Maybe. Jesus, God. Rick Springfield, Dolly Parton, what have we come to? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, we still have CD 2 and 3 of the Smashing Pumpkins, too. Yeah, it might come down to that. And I know there's at least a couple good songs on those other right, two discs. Right, because we've, re- we've reviewed, reviewed a couple of them. And we've got to prepare for the concert. That's right. <sighs> so we'll get to that point. But before we get to what we're going to review next week, because we found something to review for next week. We did a little the, blast from the past. Despite the doldrums, the lull of of July before we get into August with the hives and with mammoth. And just remember, kids, next Friday, the 21st, really kicks our concert series into high gear. Yeah, the second half of summer for you is the start of the 2023 Festival of Rock for us. Every week after that, on the weekend edition, we will have a concert review for you. If not two. Two months. Two months straight. And we're not joking. We're not kidding. Weather permitting. Weather permitting. And there are going to be a couple of weekends where we're going back to back. Yep. One weekend we all have three because we have a Thursday show with Living Color and Extreme. And then Saturday and Sunday. So it's just mass chaos all over the place. A couple of little news tidbits in the rock and roll before we move on to what we're going to discuss next week. I mentioned last week that the Eagles are going out on their farewell tour. Greedy fucking bastards. Yeah, guess who's not going? We're not going. Because we checked out the pre-sale today for Indianapolis. Number one, it sold out like that. They had to add, yeah. add a second show in Indianapolis later on in the day as we tape here on Wednesday, July the 12th. First show sold out basically in five minutes, except for a few one-off straggler seats. Here's the thing. Nosebleed seats at the Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis after fees, because I had to do my research for you people as well as for us. Got home after work, checked, picked out the one straggler seat sitting up there in the nosebleeds. Said, I want to buy it. Just see what just see just what it's to gonna see. be. $150 face value in get. the nosebleeds. After the exorbitant fees, which of course we supposedly were supposed to get all-in pricing. Right. Yeah, right. They're supposed to tell you right up front how much the ticket's going to be. I guess they haven't started that yet. Whatever. Taxes, fees. Lowest price ticket in Indianapolis for the Eagles, $187. That, my friends, is a car payment. That, my friends, is way too goddamn much money. Yeah, there, there's no way, there's no band worth paying that much for nosebleeds. Sorry. Not gonna happen. Yeah, we looked. We've topped out at 120 yeah. for Bob Seeger. And the show ended up being, and I'm sure the Eagles show will be very good. But I, I cannot go almost $200 for nosebleeds. We've topped out at 120 
are we going to go $67 a ticket more? No. That's a big jump. That's a big, That's big jump. Ridiculous jump. So sorry, Don Henley, you greedy bastard. Not getting our money. And then finally, I guess I found another song for us to review. I was kind of on the fence about this, so bear with me. There is a movie coming out in a couple weeks. This would be Barbie. <clears throat> Ryan Gosling sings on a song called I'm Just Ken. Dave's already rubbing his head. It's like, where the fuck is this going, Maestro? Where the fuck is this going? Because you know damn well neither of us are going to watch this movie. But the song, I'm Just Ken, featuring Ryan Gosling on vocals, has a couple guest stars. Oh, God. Slash and Wolfgang Van Halen. So this is why Wolfie's new <laughs> album is going to suck. He supposedly contributed also some other instrumental parts to the Barbie soundtrack. Oh, God. So oh God. maybe, maybe we'll try oh God. it. Maybe we'll try to give I'm Just Ken a shot <sighs> with Slash and Wolfgang Van Halen guest starring on the track. <sighs> That's a money grab. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be any worse than Dolly Parton and Rob Halford? Do you really want to ask that question? You know I'm going to listen to it. You I know. know. I'm gonna, it's I Wolfie. Know. I've got to listen to it. I'm obligated. It's in my DNA. All right, but next week, as Dave alluded to, a blast from the past. The anniversary of the Starfleet Project. You might ask, what the hell is the Starfleet Project? Well, it was a supergroup that never fully got off the ground. Put together some instrumental tracks, some rough tracks. It, this had potential. Start off with Alan Gratzer, drummer for Ario Speedwagon. Then we move up to the man who spearheaded Starfleet project that would be Brian May, the guitarist of Queen, and of course, somehow, some way, Mr. Edward Van Halen found his way into this. So, the anniversary edition is coming out. It's already out, technically, as you're hearing this. That's right. We will give you our review of it next week. We also have a new song from The Struts. Dave just told you a couple weeks ago. Reviewed the concert. Brand new, and he heard this song live. Yep. So, good stuff. Too good at raising hell. So we're looking at Starfleet Project. We're looking at the Struts and maybe Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yes, but don't forget Paul Rogers living it up. Now, I review that. Okay, this is so a catch-up for me. Yeah, but I think you would enjoy this. Because it's... I mean, it's no silver, blue, and gold. Fuck but... you! <laughs> <clears throat> That's still still a sore spot from when we 
we saw the 40th anniversary tour of Bad Company with the 40th of Leonard Skinner. And the one song I was looking forward to was Silver, Blue, and Gold. And they pulled two other freaking songs nobody knew. What was it? Like out of their Seagull asses. was one of them. Yeah. yeah some, some bizarre. Couple of stupid, yeah. bizarro crap things. Yeah. And I got hosed out of my favorite Bad Company song. So we'll see if Dave can get past his inherent prejudice to Paul Rogers and Bad Company. Bastards. And see what he thinks of the brand new Paul Rogers song, Living It Up. But next up, more dissension. As we move on to movies. And it looks like Dave and I do not agree on the latest addition to the Evil Dead franchise. Maybe not completely. Evil Dead Rise, now on Max. Yep. And I have a story time, a double feature story time for you kids. And if we have time, book reviews. If not, we'll move the book reviews to the last segment. If we have to do four, we'll do four. What the hell? Why not? We're ahead of schedule, so. It's all good, kids. All right, movies coming up next. Hang out through a quick promo, and we will be right back. Now that we've let you into Frenzy Club, here are three rules. One, you don't talk about Sports Frenzy 2.0. You listen to it on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple, and all other major podcast hosts. Two, Two guys to a show, Kevin, Dave, the maestro, and the conquistador. Three, one sports frenzy episode at a time. Until Saturday, when you get the weekend edition. Now get in there and let loose on some PC wuss bags, will ya? All right. Hopefully by now, the headache is starting to wind its way down. You're feeling a little bit better. Grab another cup of coffee, have another slice of bacon, because it's time for movies on Sports Frenzy 2.0 here, July 15th, 2023. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. And I'm the maestro, Kevin Crane. And so we're going to kick off talking about Evil Dead Rise on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! For another month and a half. Yeah. Going to miss going Stitcher! I know. There's just nothing else. Nothing. On the roster of platforms that really jumps out. Yeah, it's, yeah, we're not going to have fun with this anymore. No, unless somebody else steps up, a new platform emerges. That gives us something that we can do something with. Yeah, I don't see it. No. I don't see it. All right. The horror movie. Evil Dead Rise on Max. Of course, pretty sizable surprise hit. In the movie theaters, made almost $70 million here domestically. Technically the fifth movie in the franchise, if you want to look at it like that. Second in the reboot series. 
Yeah. Not counting, of course, the course, because I was thinking of, of Ash. Course. Thinking ahead of time. Ash versus Evil Dead, the Stars series, the phenomenal Stars series from years back. Um, and supposedly Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell both had a hand influence on this newest Evil Dead movie. Yeah. The, the thing that really you could see from the old parts, there were little Easter eggs here and there throughout, but the whole camera flying through the point of view of the evil essence reigned through throughout, which I, I still love that part. Yes. And of course, we talked about the hives <laughs> bogus operandi bogus. video from a couple months ago. Which was definitely an homage to the Evil Dead saga. Yep. Um, now, this one starts off with a very bizarre little vignette that you have to be very patient because you're not getting any connection to the beginning until the very absolute end of the movie. Yeah. So starts off, you think, all right. Almost a Friday the 13th opening at a cabin yeah, on a at lake. at a cabin on a lake and all hell breaks loose. And then cut scene. What was it? One, a day prior, two days prior. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And you're like in an apartment building, like, Okay, where are they going with this? Yeah, none of the people that were at the lake are in the apartment building. No, not until the very end right. to try and tie it all together. Right. So you have to be patient. It's a slow build. Right. But once we understand what's happening in the apartment building, and of course the Necromicon comes into play, the Book of the Dead... Three copies. I don't know if I remember hearing that in the past. It's been a while since I've it's, watched. It's been a bit. This was a different version of the Book of the Dead that we have seen from the previous. But we're told that there are three versions yeah. of the Necromicon floating around in the world. And, of course, young punks stumble upon <laughs> one of the versions, one of the copies Yep. And, uh, of course, blood is accidentally spilled, so, of course, that activates... That opens the book. This book and this movie was very similar to the Book of Monsters from one of the Harry Potter movies. And the way it opened and kind of acted... So that was a little cheesy part. One of the things that was a knock for me. And see, because I am not a Harry Potter person, didn't even register with me. Yeah. Didn't bother me a bit. Um, now, of course, now the vast majority of the movie happens in this apartment building. Uh, don't want to spoil various reasons. They can't get out. This family who found the Necromicon and their neighbors cannot get out of the apartment building. So they're all stuck. Trapped on their higher end floor. Right, so they can't jump. No, and it's it's not giving it away, but 
it's basically a fire trap that's being condemned. Yeah, yeah. So, really, there there wouldn't have been much in terms of a safe way for them to get out anyway. Right. But, so they're stuck. And, of course, because one of the punk-ass kids has to activate the Necromicon. Now, it was interesting how he I, did it. I did like the way it activated. Yeah. That was a nice twist. Normally, it was somebody just reading from the book. Yeah. Bruce Campbell or somebody in his party in the old days. In well, this, maybe I didn't say every syllable, <laughs> but basically I said it. So it, we get a different interesting way that the book is activated. And, of course, the matriarch, the mother, is the one that gets the infested, infected, and you know inhabited by said evil spirit. And so the rest of the movie is basically trying to defeat her and anybody else she infects. Yep, it was a very it was very contained, a la the original where they're in the cabin. Here you're basically in an apartment and the hallway. Until about so, the last until twenty the minutes. Last twenty minutes. And then it just becomes a bloodbath. And Dave talked about Easter eggs, of course. We've got references to chainsaws and boomsticks. Um, see, now I enjoyed it. I really thought you know, it was as, very as good. We talk more, I'm having a better appreciation for it. There was just a couple of the characters in there. I'm like, all right. They, they felt like they were just thrown in there for no reason that more could have been done. And part of the things in there could have been done a little bit better. They could have fleshed it out a little bit more on the plot lines. Yeah. Now the one thing, usually the evil dead movies are a little bit tighter, a little bit better. I expect more in terms of the writing. And there was one scene in particular that just drove me crazy because it's just, it was plucked from the bad horror movie dictionary is when the little girl, the youngest of the kids is left alone and they've got, they're barricaded that in the apartment. drove me nuts. They're barricaded in the apartment. They've got the evil mother on the outside. Yep. Meanwhile, she's tearing apart all the neighbors, but they're safe on the inside. And of course, oh, oh honey, let me. I'm all better you. now. I love you. I'm all better. Okay, mom. Yeah, I'll let you in. And then, of course, more chaos. They were safe. They were fine. And nobody that, paid attention to the typical, little girl. It typical was just, move out of a bad horror movie. Yeah, that that's that, that drove me nuts. That was the one scene I did not like because I hate stupidity. In a horror movie. I hate the whole, we all know you shouldn't open this door, and you open the door anyway. We and all know you shouldn't get in the car with the psycho. But you get in the car anyway. We all know you shouldn't say, I'll be right back. Yeah. So, that scene bothered me. But outside of that... that, that that's I, an example of, there were a couple of... That and some of the stuff with the neighbors, I'm like, yeah, the neighbors didn't bother me all that much. Um, so I'm going to give it a solid three frenzies. 
I will go a solid two and a half. And I really like the special effects. Yes. Yes. And of course, if you've got a wood chipper in a movie, you can't go go wrong? wrong. Fargo. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, great movie. Great movie. It's been a doozy of a day, officer. <laughs> These kids, the kid just ran and threw himself into the chipper. So here's a note to Meryl Streep. If you feel like your Oscar-nominated career is, is, is going downhill. Please throw yourself in a wood chipper. Do us all a favor. Dude, I was going to say she should star in a movie with a wood chipper. But your idea is good, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I recommend Dave kind of on the fence. It's it's worth watching if you're a fan of the series. Yes. I felt like it was in spirit pretty close to the original three. All right. So you have story time for us when it comes to movies. I do have story time. So with my wife being... Out of the country for work, boys and I are trying to keep ourselves occupied. We decide Nick's last week and a half is I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. So I'm like, all right, we need to watch They Live. Yep. Classic John Carpenter movie, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Keith David. 80s great flick work they've never seen it we're gonna watch it look it up nope we can't watch it for free and we're not gonna spend the 5.99 to rent it we can probably wind up buying it for that down the line so as we're looking through i see house with uh william cat of greatest american hero fame george went Richard Mall from Night Court. I'm like, let's watch this one. I think you guys will appreciate it. And then, if you like it enough, there's House 2, the second story. (laughs) So, of course, we're watching House and William Katz, an author who's divorced after their son disappeared at his aunt's house where he grew up, the haunted house. And he's trying to write his book of his Vietnam experience. And yeah, the house is haunted and mass chaos ensues as he tries to get his son back. So they enjoyed it well enough. Enough comedy to keep them going because horomities are great when they're done well. House to the second story. Air Gross, John Ratzenberger. So notice the theme here. They're tying in the <laughs> Cheers guys. I was going to say. <laughs> and uh, Jonathan Stark. So 25 years after Gross's character's parents are murdered, because he's raised by an aunt and uncle, he comes back to the family mansion and stumbles upon articles dealing with a crystal skull that his great-great-grandfather had found. Indiana Jones? (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) But Gramps, he and his buddy wind up digging Gramps' body up, and lo and behold, the skull is there, and Gramps is still alive. 
well over a hundred years, 170 years old and trying to protect the skull through all the mass chaos. And of course it's a haunted house and they're melding different universes and timelines into play. John Ratzenberger, the electrician slash adventurer helping him out. I like, we, we all agreed house two was better than the original house. It had more of the comedy factor going to it. And it was just a little bit more enjoyable from the comedy side of it. So we had a good time with it. So I would think we would give them two and a halfs because they're the cheesy 80s horomities, but definitely worth checking out. But now the second, even though you're giving them the same rating, you said the second. The second is one better. is slightly better. Okay. They're, they're enjoyable. They're fun. If you like stuff like that, then I would even say check out Saturday the 14th. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I remember <laughs> that. I don't think I ever watched the house movies, but definitely watched Saturday the 14th. Yeah. So if you like that, try these two. Fright Night. Fright the original. Night. The original Fright Night. Love the original Fright Night. Fright Night 2 was okay. It was kind of disappointing. Never watched the Colin Farrell remake. No. No, I, I couldn't because no. I'm sorry. The original was just fantastic. Yes, the original is great. The original is a classic. All right, so before we move on to books... Some interesting movie news to pass along. We're starting to see more and more news about Deadpool 3. Of course, the release <laughs> date got moved up, so we're going to get Deadpool 3 early summer next year, early 2024. Thankfully, life will be good. Jennifer Garner will be returning as Electra. Nice. In Deadpool 3. I like that. That is going to be so cool. But what everybody's talking about is the movie stills where we get Wolverine's classic. Yellow. The classic yellow, yellow costume. Yes. There are stills out there with Deadpool side by side with Wolverine in, yes, that classic yellow outfit. And it looks freaking phenomenal. Yes. So not only are we getting Hugh Jackman, but we're getting Jennifer Garner. I'm glad they're bringing her back as Electra. Yep. She got, she did not deserve Yeah, the sad thing what is they gave her, her movie. Her movie was probably arguably the worst. Well, I will say used to be the worst. Marvel Universe movie until, of course, we got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Oh, God. But it was, the Electra movie was no knock on Jennifer Garner. No. It was just a crappy-ass script. Right. Poorly directed. Now, moving on to DC. Of course, the bad news is James Gunn being very effusive about 
the future of the second half of season four of Doom Patrol. It's freaking done. Just release it, you stupid asshat. He's claiming ignorance, saying, I don't really have any control over day-to-day TV operations and what's get what gets aired and what doesn't. Bullshit. Bullshit. He'd, Stop being a prima donna bitch he did and say, put it out. Yeah, he did say, well, if it's finished, it'll. I don't see any way it's not going to make air at some point in time. Then let's freaking see it already. But it should have come in the week after Titans finished. Like it normally would. Like it normally would have. There's no excuse for Warner Brothers to not put the final part of Doom Patrol on Max. Right now. Right, right now. Right now. Immediately. And, of course, they had to put in, in the article, quotes from Joyvon Wade, who plays Cyborg, saying that everybody's going to be happy with the way it ends. When? But then why isn't it on the schedule already? Max, I'll tell you what, Max right now sucks. Max is awful at this point. Outside of watching Evil Dead Rise, I have not watched anything on Max in the last two months. Seriously. The only reason I kept it is because when I went to cancel it, they said, oh, we'll give you a a month free. See, now, the only thing, I got to go back to watch Pennyworth. Yeah, I do want to watch that at some point. I do. And there's a new Superman animated series that's supposedly interesting. Speaking of Superman, more details are emerging about James Gunn's big first DC movie in his reboot, Superman Legacy. We've talked about who's been cast as Superman and who's been cast as Lois Lane. Now we're starting to find out some interesting side characters. This sounds weird. It's gun. Of course it's going to be weird. No, it's not Batman. No, it's not The Flash. No, it's not Aquaman. We are getting... <laughs> We are getting Nathan Fillion, of course, from the awesome, underrated Firefly and The Rookie, for all you chicks out there. I don't know a guy, a single guy who's watched The Rookie. Nope, never seen an episode. Nathan Fillion will portray the Green Lantern Guy Gardner in Superman Legacy. Anthony Kerrigan. Who? Who is Anthony Kerrigan? Anthony Kerrigan played Victor Zaz in Gotham. Now, you might look at him and say, maybe he's playing Lex Luthor because he's bald. No, he is playing Metamorpho. Ooh, interesting. And they have also cast... I love the way he played Victor Zaz. Yes. He made Victor a likable character Yep, for a bad guy. And the other two characters they have cast already, Hawk Girl, and they are bringing back not the same actor from the Flash TV series, Mister Terrific. Okay, very, an eclectic, and a very mix. eclectic mix. Wow. So, yeah, Guy Gardner, Metamorpho, Hawk Girl, and Mister Terrific. Interesting. Yes. Now, who's playing Hawk Girl? Do we know? Nobody, um, nobody that we would know. Oh, bummer. Younger actress. Nobody, nobody recognizable. They weren't smart enough to bring the one from Titans. No, 
No, no, because God forbid, why? And like would I said, you do they're not bringing smart? the they're not bringing the Mister Terrific in from the Flash TV. Well, that's show all right. Either. That's fine. <laughs> I wasn't he. I wasn't wild about him as an actor playing that role. All right, so let's move on to books. Take the lead on this one, since we. It's so, so rare. Yeah, it's so you. rare. It's, it's the so rare. rare. <laughs> I will note. I will note that Dave and I will, at some point in the next couple months, hopefully, be reviewing the same book as the great James Lee Burke just put out his brand new book, "Flags on the Bayou." Now, not a Robot Show book again, but he has put out one phenomenal book in the past about the Civil War. White Doves at Morning. Arguably one, his greatest work. This one takes place in his home base. One of his two home bases, I should say. Yeah. Montana. And then, of course, around New Orleans. This takes place in New Orleans, in that area, in that region. So we will see. Yep. We've been looking forward to this one. But, yeah, we're both committed I've already started it. Dave's going to start it once he reads about 15 other books. So that'll put us right on the same even playing field. So we'll be done. Yeah, at the same I, I'm, time. I'm giving him a head start. All right. I said I was going to restart. It's been about 10 years. The great Robert B. Parker, of course, passed away. And we have do we've documented how with the Spencer books, Ace Atkins took over the Spencer books and did a phenomenal job with them. So we've been reading those as they've been coming out. And unfortunately, now Mike Lupica is taking over this year. So I don't know how that's going to go. But years ago, I did read the Jesse Stone books. And I did read all of the Jesse Stone books authored by Mr. Parker. I also read the three books that came after penned by Michael Brandman. Now, unlike the fact you had one author take over, at least to this point, the Spencer books, you had, you, you're on your fourth with the Jesse Stone series because Lupica also is writing those. Lupica has pretty much taken over all of the Parker books. Except or, the Westerns. Except the Westerns. Right. Which is still. Although we haven't heard from not in a while. Uh, there's supposed to be one out this year. Okay. But yeah, Lupica's writing Sonny Randall, <laughs> Lupica's now writing Spencer, and he has been writing the last couple of years the Jesse Stone books. But in between Michael Brandman and Lupica, Reed Farrell Coleman took over the series for about four books, three or four books, maybe five. So Reed Farrell Coleman, I started again going back, picking up where I left off, which was right after Michael Brandman left of the series. So I started with the first Reed Farrell Coleman book, Blind Spot. Blind Spot, now more verbose than Robert B. Parker. That's not hard to do. Robert B. Parker is known for his very spare writing style. Reed Farrell Coleman, a lot more detail oriented, but he gets it. He understands the characters. He understands what's going on. He, he knows the past that's been established. Um, Jesse Stone's history in terms of being a failed baseball player, an alcoholic, um, all the, the different officers, the characters around the Paradise Police Department. 
past, of course, comes back to haunt Jesse Stone in the form of his former double play partner, Vic Prado. Um, of course, a lot of other entanglements ensue, a lot of other characters. Uh, I'll give Reed Farrell Coleman credit. Great, great book. Uh, solid. I'll give it a very strong three frenzies. Definitely, once I get through James Lee Burke, going to go back and start rereading the rest of these Reed Farrell Coleman books. And then we will see where Mike Lupica takes us. Yep. But three frenzies. There you go. All right. The next Cole Hitch Western by Robert Knott. Opium Rose will come out September 3rd, 2024 now. It's been pushed back a year. Yeah, so it's been a big gap. A huge gap. It was supposed to have come out this year, but of course, with all the publishing crap going on, every a lot of stuff is getting pushed back, pushed back. Just put things out on a timely manner for the love of God and all that's holy. And stop overpricing your hardcovers. Exactly. All right. This week I have the ninth Cotton Malone adventure by Steve Barry, The Lincoln Myth. This one harkens back to the Civil War when Abraham Lincoln made an agreement with Brigham Young to try and help save the Union, but the Mormons not cutting things off out west or joining up with the south they shared secrets with each other to show that they were serious and that each would honor the agreement turns out that lincoln fighting to preserve the union was against what maybe the founding fathers had secretly said that Maybe the states had the right to secede if the government was not in their best interest. So the Magellan billet that Cotton retired from is tasked with trying to stop this whole conspiracy to secede with Utah creating their own little country. Stakes are high for Cotton in this one is his burgeoning relationship with Cassiopeia Vitt is put to the ultimate test as his former boss enlists her to help figure out with her earlier connections with a key player. And then Cotton gets sucked, retired, but sucked in once again to try and save the day. So interesting I wasn't overly wild about some of the stuff in there. Still intriguing enough to give it a week three. Strong two and a half week three. I still like the series. Yeah, I was going to say, this seems to me like to be another series like we've talked about with Jonathan Kellerman and Alex Delaware. Um why isn't anybody optioning the rights to a TV show or a movie? These are great. There's a lot of historical stuff brought right. in, worldwide things. Great See, plot lines. Instead this of is recycling good stuff. and rehashing the same old crap, go to some of these authors, give them some money, and license their work. But do it right. Don't fuck it up like you did with Clive Cussler's Dirk Pitt. Yep. 
You've got examples with Jack Reacher now on Amazon. Beautifully done. Jesse Stone. Beautifully done. With Tom Selleck on CBS when they did movies back in the day on free TV. Yep. We had Happen Leonard. Perfectly done. Yeah. It can be done, kids. It can be done. One more segment left. We've got TV and streaming, moments of silence, and, of course, dumbasses or not America's favorite game show. We'll be right back after a break. Hi, I'm Harrison Ford. And when I'm not listening to Sports Frenzy on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible, I'm out promoting my latest movie, even though I'm in my 80s. Right now, I'm working on my next Indiana Jones adventure. Indiana Jones and the Adult Diaper of Danger. So grab your Metamucil, I mean your popcorn, and head out to the movies. Hey, did I hear Short Round won an Oscar? I don't have one of those. Son of a bitch. How did that happen? No time for love, Dr. Jones, my ass. All right, third and final segment here. Hopefully by now, you're hydrated, got a little grease pumping through your veins, that hangover is going away, you're thinking about what you're going to do tonight, you're going to make the same mistakes, that's okay. We're here to help you at least prevent making mistakes when it comes to watching movies, listening to music, and watching TV and streaming. Yep, we're here for you Saturday morning, Sunday you're on your own. TV and streaming. I cheated. I jumped ahead a week. I couldn't resist. I said I was going to watch one episode of Black Mirror Season 6 every week. I watched the last two. So I'm done. I've got my <laughs> review. I've got my review of Season 6, the five episodes out there. Now, let's talk about Episodes 4 and 5. Episode 4 is Maisie Day, which I think I, I looked at IMDb and it's getting the worst reviews of the season, that's wrong. That's wrong. I can't tell you, because I don't want to spoil it, what the twist is in Maisie Day, but the twist is awesome. Absolutely awesome. Um, and then the final episode, Demon 79. A little bit of a dead zone feel to it to a certain extent. And this is what I'm going to say about season six of Black Mirror. Number one, unlike past seasons, technology isn't all that important. <laughs> They're not trying to tell you every episode is about the, the terrors of technology and where it could go into the future. This season has almost been a throwback season, with the exception of the first episode, which was basically a parody of Netflix itself. But there you go. Yeah, Demon 79 was pretty good, along with episode three, the astronaut show Beyond the Sea with Aaron Paul and with Josh Hartnett. Very long, almost movie length episodes. Nice. I will say this I will say that season six is not the best I've seen of Black Mirror. 
but it's still better than 99% of the crap that's out there. And every, almost every episode after the first one, again, has an homage to either an old classic thriller horror movie or a moment in, a scary moment in American history. Let's put it that way. Nice. So I've mentioned episode two, throwback to Blair Witch. Episode three, the astronaut has a little bit of a, let's say, Manson family vibe to it early on. Episode four, again, I don't want to spoil it because it's such an awesome <laughs> twist that it would just be criminal to tell you. Now, it, episode four, Maisie Day does star the beautiful Zazie Beetz. I find her unbelievably attractive, except give the woman a goddamn razor and shave her armpits. Oh, wow. She, of course, played Domino in Deadpool 2. And still had those hairy goddamn armpits. Nothing more unattractive. I would say if a law came down tomorrow, everybody in the world either has to go hairy or shave. I'm shaving my pits. Shave just, them. Just shave them. Keep women from growing hairy armpits. Yeah. The most unattractive thing in the world. It, I'll awful. shave my pits. If the law comes down, I'll shave my pits. Damn straight. I don't want to see a woman with hairy armpits. No, that's you're right. That is the most unattractive thing Ugh. that Ugh. could possibly be. Oh, poor Zazzy. She's just gorgeous otherwise. Keep the arms down there, girl. So I will give season six of Black Mirror a strong three frenzies. All right. There we go. All right. The boys and I have been delving into season three of The Witcher. We've got through part one, the first six episodes, Henry Cavill's final season playing Geralt of Rivia. He does such a good job. It's, it's going to be a shame to see Liam Hensworth come in. You don't know, he could be good. He could be, but Henry has read the books, played the video game. He is the character. He has been all in on it, and he got hosed by Warner Brothers thinking it was going to be Superman again. So, thanks, Gunn! But no, season three finds Geralt, Yennefer, working to save Siri from everybody, trying to kidnap her, kill her. The saga continues, and they're trying to get to the bottom of the whole plot of what's going on and save the universe as Geralt and Yennefer try and come to grips with past betrayals and find their relationship back and work together. Such a good series. So well done. It's a solid three so far. We'll see where it goes for the second part, which we have to wait a couple of weeks for. Once it drops, I'm sure we're the boys and I will binge through it and be done with it in no time. Also, 
And that, that's on Netflix. Prime, we have the final season of Jack Ryan. Two episodes a week are dropping, so we've seen the first four to this point. As you listen to this, five and six will have dropped, and we will be watching them. Still really solid. So the former director of the CIA has been running off the books, black ops programs, working with the triad out of Myanmar or Myanmar and through Mexico and Ryan and company are trying to unravel it and see what the hell's going on. So good intrigue, well-written cast is pretty decent. I know you're not a fan of Krasinski. Not in this role. No, no, I'm but not. he actually does a decent job, but the cast of characters they put around him are phenomenal. Is so, Mr. Clark in it? No, no, no. Okay. I know they've got him right now as Michael B. Jordan, you know, Amazon had without <clears throat> remorse. Yeah. So no, they're... I always liked John Clark in those books. Yeah, no, they, they've got a guy playing a character, Mike November, who is a former CA operative who's on his own that Jack pulls in. The fixer from, uh, God, now I can't even think of it. The political one that ended with Kevin Spacey. Oh, House of Cards? Yeah, House of Cards. His fixer right, from yeah. that. Right, yeah. I know. I've seen Mike the November. ads. Yeah, he's in there. He yeah. is fantastic. No, I know you're talking about. Yeah. He plays, it, it, he saves everything. He is brilliant in there. Yeah, I like he, him. He he's is a our, good actor. He's our favorite character throughout that whole thing. See, so, now, when I saw the ads, I thought maybe they brought him in as John Clark. Yeah, probably the similar character, but they call him Mike, okay. Mike November. Again, I don't think they want to step on the toes of Michael B. Jordan. Right. Since they've already given him the, the John Clark yeah. moniker. So. so there you go. So, so far, so good. Enjoying that. And I also started the first episode of The Night Agent. Yeah, I've still got that in my list. And I watched the first 15 minutes of the first episode and I was like, I'll come back to it. I still think the guy's too much of a pretty boy. Get past that, the first 15, when it hits the fan, it, it, it's actually not too bad. I will. I will I will watch that So it, it's not horrendous. I have been also watching, believe it or not, based on a recommendation from my daughter, Beef on Netflix which actually isn't too bad. I'm into the second episode. Um, most of the cast is Asian-American, including the guy who played Glenn on The Walking Dead. Okay. Um, him and another woman have a road rage incident early on. Yes, I, I read about it. I'm just, really? Are you going to go that many episodes about one incident? So far, it's not bad. I will get through the second and see if it somehow builds a plot beyond that. Because right now that's all it is, is they're going back and forth trying to one-up each other about 
this whole road rage incident and who who can be the the more destructive, nasty human being and getting revenge. So we'll see. And then, of course, I told everybody last week, week by week now, I have caught up. I will be finishing up season 16 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> last week's episode, a great riff on the Chuck E. Cheese oh, God. mythology as they went to a place called Risky rats. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it and seeing how much it had changed since their childhood when there was actually a bar hidden away for the parents. <laughs> and they actually tried to cop a feel on the female animatronic oh. character in the band. <laughs> nice. So, so this was a really good episode, which means the next one's going to fall flat. Yeah, it's still that pattern for the most part. I will say that for the most part, it's still hit, miss, hit, miss, hit, miss. Yeah. How yeah. how do they? I don't know. Now, this season's been a little bit different. I think it's gone like hit, hit, miss, hit, miss. You know, so a little bit different. But still, yeah, for the most part, it's the same old hit, miss, hit, miss. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how, how they do, can, do it. How do you screw it up so badly? I don't know. That is such a talented cast. Yeah, because last week's was the celebrity alcohol one that was atrociously bad with um, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad. <laughs> they were trying to get them to sponsor their oh, celebrity their booze. <laughs> and, of course, Charlie, I know I told everybody this last week, Charlie, they were talking about the classiest liqueurs of all time. <laughs> and, of course, they came up with Goldschlager. <laughs> And Jägermeister. And Charlie comes up with the idea of Nickelschlager. <laughs> so he slices up nickels and puts them into, into cinnamon liqueur. Oh, my God. And, of course, drinks the whole bottle. Oh, God. He sets off metal detectors. <laughs> and it, it, it had that was some about moments. It, that was about it. That was the... For the funny stuff. Yeah. God. Yeah. Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston are not good. They're not funny Ooh. in it at all. Um. But, yeah, it's worth it to stick stick it out for the good ones. There you go. All right, moments of silence. Just a couple this week. Um, another, uh, what I would say, obscure WWE wrestler from the 90s passed away. Um. It's odd. Last week, it was Darren Drozdov, who I have no idea who that was because that was back when no I was not idea. watching wrestling. This week, it is Mike Halak. And Mike Halak played Mantor, a guy who would dress up with a bull's head Dope. in the 90s and come out. You know, I don't know. There's plenty okay. of perverse rich women out there probably pay a pretty penny for that. But yeah. I know, finding your bull, that gives a whole new meaning to that one. Yeah, so I don't know either one of these guys from last week or this week, but this week it's Mike Haylock, otherwise known as Mantar, from the WWE Passed Away. So, again, right. and a, both of them in their 50s, by the way. So, again, these wrestlers dying young. Yeah, what are they taking and doing? Uh, soap opera fame. Andrea Evans from One Life to Live and a few others. Again, another breast cancer 
victim. Thoughts and prayers go out to her family and friends. And it seems like over the last year or two, a lot of the soap opera stars from the heydays, the 80s, the early 90s are passing away. Yeah. Yep. Uh, All right. What? I'm just putting this out there. There is no right or wrong answer, but just let me ask you. What is one of the most iconic album covers of all time? Just throw some out there at me. Oh, good grief. From when we were growing up. From the 70s, or from the 80s and the 90s. Oh, God. Anything from the cars were usually pretty decent. Ario Speedwagon had some decent go, ones. Go, go more towards the 90s. Moving up, I haven't paid any attention to album covers from the 90s. You're going to hate yourself when I tell you this one. The artist who who constructed, who came up with the cover for Appetite for Destruction, originally supposed to be a tattoo design, I believe, for Axel. Really? The cross with the four the, yeah, skulls? Yeah, the skull heads, yep. Billy White Jr., he was the man that came up with that. He passed away this past week. Wow. Sorry. Yeah, that was... I wasn't expecting you to get it. I just wanted to hear some of your ideas, thinking maybe you'd get it. Maybe you'd yeah. stumble upon it. Maybe you'd say Nirvana with the little kid in the that, pee-pee that in the pool. That was stupid. <laughs> it traumatized him for life, yeah. Dave. No, I, I... I love how you came up I, with the I, cars, by the way. That's a great. The first two cars covers are awesome. Absolutely yep. awesome. See, I still kind of like you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Yeah. Which yeah. just you have the fish there with the tuner. Well, high infidelity and good trouble don't get enough credit. No, they don't. You know. And then you got the simple lines from Power Station. Very basic, but just listening to that, by the way, the other day. Yeah. Some like it hot. Yep. Nice. Yep. So that's that's it for moments of silence. Unless you've got somebody else. Nope, not good. We've got about fourteen minutes to pivot. Pivot. I have five contestants this week for your uncle Dave in the weekend edition version of Dumbass or Not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start you off on the easy one. Oh, it's a softball. Start off with a softball. R&B singer Jill Scott decided at the Essence Festival here recently to change the lyrics of the Star Spangled Banner to make it a rant about slavery. And of course, I could also throw the Essence Festival itself in here as they posted this video on social media with the caption, here is now the only national anthem we will recognize from here on out. Absolute stupidity and dumbassery. Come up with a new song. If you want to protest America, if you want to... Don't change the words Don't be of the, the national anthem. Don't be stupid. And I'll say it again. And I don't care what you say out there. When people start saying this, and of course she had to talk about, oh, the infant mortality rates are better over in Norway and Sweden, then move there! See how much they love you 
when you get there and start bitching and pissing and moaning and changing their national anthem because you don't like the way somebody looked at you in a store somewhere. I will say. But they never move. They never move. You know why? Because they know in the end this is the best country. But we, have, we do have one of the worst healthcare systems there is. I'll agree with that. But still, this bitching and pissing and moaning from these celebrities, can't stand it. Can't deal with it anymore. This is a general one. And this is a disturbing trend. It's been around forever. I remember this happened at a Eddie Murphy show that I saw in college back in the mid-80s. People throwing crap at the performers on stage while this they're, has got they're to singing. Stop. It's been happening happened to Harry Styles. This is absolutely stupid. There's what is no the point of throwing throwing stuff at people? Because performers on stage. What is the point? People are stupid. I've heard people. theories that they throw in cell phones because they want to pick up pick up the cell phone and take a picture of themselves. No, just stop being assholes. Go enjoy a show. Put your damn phone away unless you're going to take a quick picture. Stop recording the half the damn concert, if not live streaming the whole effing thing. People go to watch the show, not to look at your effing screen in front of their damn faces. Couldn't have said that better myself. Could be the most irritating thing going to a concert nowadays is the idiot who holds up his phone or her phone for the whole damn show. And it blocks the view of the, the yeah. three rows behind him. You don't have to be there. You can keep it low and get a good shot. You don't have to be the asshole pissing everybody else off. But again, people are selfish assholes. So what do you expect? Britney Spears tried to meet the number one NBA draft pick for the San Antonio Spurs, Victor Wenbayama. Initial reports said the security guy with Victor had hit Brittany as she approached Mr. Wenbayama. But then you get the rest of the story. You get the video feed. Where she walks up behind him, reaches out, the security guard bats her hand away, and knocks it into her. So basically, Britney Spears hit herself yes. in the face. Being a dumbass. If you wanted to meet him, why did you not try and go around from the front so he could actually see you? Or even tell the concierge. Yeah, I would like... Could you please you tell just Victor don't go Britney back. Spears wants to meet him? You're in a crowd. When you put your hand out, of course security's going to knock it away. They're not paying attention to who's who. You're in a crowd. He's trying to protect the player. And, of course, she had to make a big stink about it and initially say she was assaulted. No, she wasn't assaulted. Yeah, she was assaulted like Curly and Moe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dumbass or not? She's a dumbass. She's still pretty, though. Yeah, and she, she's got her... her autobiography coming out in September or October. Unless it's going to be Unless bad. there's very graphic pictures. 
There's no reason. I am not. I am not. <laughs> what are you talking about? Even bringing that up. I thought you would appreciate it as part of the literature of this country. <clears throat> What's it called? Me pretty one day. No, oh, <laughs> God, I can't even. <sighs> Oops, I did it again. <laughs> I'll look it up as we go along. All right. This is a, a surprise. This is a surprise as we move on to number four. So I'm three for three right now? Oh, absolutely. I don't like hypocrites. I can't stand hypocrites. If you're going to stand by your position, whether it's popular, unpopular, don't be a hypocrite. And I hate to do this, but I am calling out Kid Rock. Kid Rock, of course, lately has been on this whole Bud Light protest bandwagon that so many other people are on. And you can choose not to drink it because of the whole transgender influencer thing. But if you're going to go out on a limb like Kid Rock did and post videos where you're blowing up cases of Bud Light, here's a, here's a little idea. Here's a clue. If you own a bar like he does in Nashville, maybe you shouldn't sell Bud Light. But guess what? It turns out investigative journalism. Somebody what? posted somebody posted a copy of their drink menu today. You mean act, somebody actually went out and investigated? Yeah. Did research at Kid Rock's Nashville bar. Yes, Bud Light is being served as an option. Of course. So I guess capitalism out trumps his indignation and rage. He was just about Dylan Mulvaney. Ah, there you go. Britney Spears autobiography or her memoir, The Woman in Me. Ooh. 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 There you go. Damn. Now you got me all riled up. Coming out October 24th. Yeah. Memoir. She can't even spell memoir. <laughs> She'd be lucky to spell book. Can she read? <laughs> She's pretty. <laughs> all right. Am I four for four? Did yes. Did you side with me on Kid Rock? Absolutely. Kid Rock is a dumbass. And he is not a man of the people. He comes from wealth. I know. He's, he's kind of a hypocrite. Yeah. Yep. All right. Final one. Now, this one, I'm pretty confident I'll be five for five, but this is not unique. But it's hit the headlines again, and I just, I'm sorry. It just makes me want to throw up. Miss Universe in the Netherlands. You know who won, Dave? Who's going to represent the Netherlands for Miss Universe? Some trans dude. Transgender dude. Ricky Valerie Cole. I am so sick of this bullshit. It needs to end. I mean, when are they going to... They're going to start Just letting... stop the whole bullshit. Done. Have no. a transgender 
pageant. Beauty pageant. Exactly. No, this has got to end. And I am surprised and shocked. We heard years ago, all women were getting outraged about hashtag me too, and men are predators, and men are evil. Why aren't you getting so pissed off about transgenders in athletics, transgenders in beauty pageants? You want to know They're what? stepping on you. They're treating you like shit. And we're supposed to do something about it now after all the crap you've given us over the years and years? But the women who do complain are vilified. They're called transphobic, homophobic. Again, stick up for your point of view, no matter if you feel it's right, wrong. If other people feel it's right or wrong, you stand by your viewpoint. And what have we always said here? Do don't not apologize. apologize. Don't apologize. We don't apologize for our viewpoints here. If we get something wrong factually, then, then we'll, we'll apologize. apologize. But our opinions, we're entitled to our opinions just like you are. And we're not saying we're wrong for our opinions. And Dave's right. Transgenders winning female beauty pageants is wrong, it's vile, and it's stupid. And I'm not apologizing for that viewpoint. I don't give one rat's ass what anybody thinks. Exactly. The shit has got to end on that part. It's They can have their own pageants. What is wrong with stop, that? Just stop. And, mm. Isn't the rule separate but equal? Isn't that what everybody fought for for years and years? Separate but equal? Right? Yeah. We have not learned anything from history. We have not learned anything. Not at all. Now it's, everything's getting combined. It's just stupid on every level. So guys with dicks can go into women's locker rooms. Women can go into men's locker rooms. But, of course, that never happens. You never hear about that. Oh, no. It's nope. always the guys with the penises going into the women's locker rooms. Or women's prisons. And, and you can't say anything about it. Because, oh, I identify this way today. Oh, but I will identify the other way tomorrow. What? No, no, no. Almost I heard a story about Demi Lovato the other day. You realize she's back to being a woman. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Because she said it was too hard. Yeah. No, she's engaged. Yeah. She said it was too hard to do the whole, you know, he, her, them, they thing. So she decided, oh, I give up. I'm going back to being a woman. And we're supposed to take this shit seriously. Male bathrooms, female bathrooms, transgender bathrooms, separate but equal. How is that wrong? <sighs> We're not talking about race. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about gender. And yes, I get tired of fluid gender. But we're done. Bullshit. He's Dave. I'm Kev. Check us out in seven days, kids. Bye. Bumba-dee-da, bumba-dee-da, bumba-dee-da. Happy trails to you until we meet again.
Happy trails to you. Keep smiling until then. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you until we meet. Ah. Uh